Uh, hi, Katie. Howdy. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture. And sometimes... Every time. We, yeah, I know. Always <laughs> about... It, let's prepare. I mean, we got to prepare for this moment. Nah, I don't know what nah, comes nah. over me. Sometimes we return to the holy grail of Mormon pop culture, which is the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I feel like it's been a minute since we talked about them, in part because the last season was virtually unwatchable mm-hmm. and because you hate this show. I do <laughs> hate it and I don't watch it. But yeah. I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. I feel like getting through this episode for this podcast took you like a full day. A full day. And that's not an exaggeration. And yeah, it was partially because I was busy with like a teething baby and, sure. you know, living my life. But also because like I just had to put it down periodically. Mm-hmm. I was like, and goodbye. See it's heavy. Time. It's dark at times yeah i have to say though this season so we're on season four now if you can believe it this season is giving i am really enjoying myself last season i was struggling i didn't know if i would make it um but this season they've got the magic back and they are also like really leaning back into these mormon storylines so we can't mm-hmm. ignore it we have to talk yeah about it. we've made tiny little mentions here and there of the season in some recent episodes we talked about it in the episode about mormon temple garments because heather day talks about her experience with temple garments and going on a mission but the big mormon storyline of season four and we're focusing in this episode on episode eight is that Jack Barlow, Lisa Barlow's son, is going on a mission. He's going to yeah. be a Mormon missionary. Surprising. For sure. Yeah. I am still waiting for the curtain to drop and yeah. they're not actually Mormon. Like, it just doesn't <laughs> compute with me that Lisa Barlow is actually Mormon. Yes. She is not giving Mormonness, even in her performance of Mormonness. But I will say, seeing her husband, John, in this episode, I was like, aha, Uh there's the Mormon husband that I wasn't sure he was. Yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So the big twist of Jack Barlow, Lisa Barlow's son, going on a mission is he kept it from his parents for a year. And on this most recent episode, he opens his mission call. So we need to talk about this because- I have lots of friends who watch this show who aren't super familiar with Mormon culture. We need to help people understand how actually wild it is that he kept this from his parents for a year. I mean, he must be, and I get this impression just from watching that one episode. I don't think he is speaking to his mother. Yeah. He is barely tolerating her when they are filming for a television show. Like, Correct. He can barely like perform a basic level of like civility. Yes. He wants to Um, be done. So yeah, him not having a lot to say to her in general isn't a surprise. But yeah, to keep a mission 
uh, not a mission call, but the fact that you are going to be receiving a mission call soon from your parents is crazy. For a year. Here's the thing. To get a mission call, you have to do so much stuff. And Mm -hmm. this is, you know, my experience was a good while ago. So maybe things have shifted a little, but there's no way they've shifted so much that you could hide it from your parents when you are a high school kid for a year. Okay, so some of the things you have to do. Um, Some, like, bishops would require you to take a mission prep class. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like a full-blown class you're taking. Maybe you're doing it in, like, depending on the situation, there may be, like, a Sunday school class that is specific to mission prep. But to be going to that consistently without your parents knowing they're not going to church at all no Mm-mm. or they are bonkers checked out when they're there yeah. right so that's one thing so obviously obviously his bishop must know his bishop is is um facilitating all of this yes so his bishop is either keeping it a secret with him yes. which seems unlikely i feel like any bishop that i've ever known would say we need to figure out what's going on with yeah let's talk to your parents yeah so maybe then his bishop isn't seeing his parents and so it doesn't matter that is the only way it makes sense so we see his bishop in this episode the bishop is at the mission call party or yeah they like have his name up there and and jack's like i mean you've helped me through this whole thing and the bishop's like yeah yeah of course man so happy for you has the bishop met lisa before because how has it never come up like if he says to the bishop i don't want to tell my parents that's a red flag yeah the bishop to be like i need to talk to those parents because they're maybe on their way out of the church they're maybe going to yes. stop paying their tithing. They're maybe like, if the son feels like he can't tell them, I got to intervene. Right. So he dropped the ball there. If that's what happened. Right. Or he just like, doesn't really even know them. Cause yeah. your bishop, the bishop <laughs> knows the, every family in the ward. Totally. And especially if you're like coming to church, paying your tithing, prepared to go to the temple like supposedly john barlow is he knows him and you're telling me they never passed in the hall and he said hey jack's mission papers are coming along or hey we're right. excited jack's getting ready to go on a mission it never came up in a year yeah because it's such a big deal like it's coming up word is getting around yeah. and people are starting to bring it up he's coming to that age where all the young men are preparing for missions like yes it would be coming up so it's it's highly suspicious to me i did want to say one thing about the bishop though um maybe i'm just i don't know weirdo orthodox mormon or maybe it was just the 90s early 2000s but a little bit interesting to see um a totally um casual um Mm um street clothes dressed bishop at a mission call party agreed also mission call parties are weird yeah we we are gonna get into that for sure yeah but yeah the bishop shows up in his street clothes i can't say 
that was happening when we were no. growing up. If the bishop was coming to your house for any even tangentially church related thing, he was right. in a suit and tie. I'm pretty sure yes. that's like the protocol as right. the representative of the Lord for the ward or whatever. You are decked out. Right. If he's coming to a birthday party or to like help with yard work or something, that's sure. one thing. But mission call party. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I thought so too. Also, this means that Lisa and John don't know Jack's friends. They don't know Jack's friends' parents in the ward. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> they have no it's, idea. My, if my guess is that he is going to church with his friends and that his mm -hmm. little group of friends are all Mormon and he just keeps going absolutely and to be clear like there are plenty of scenarios where i could understand if a kid was like i want to go on a mission i don't want to tell my parents my parents don't know yeah. this is not one of them because yeah. lisa and john barlow insist that they are active mormons active believing participating mormons they are going to right. church they they're all in so what's going on <laughs> Right. But this, to me, it's just the nail in the coffin. Like you're yeah, not going to church no with your kid. There's no way. The other element of this is like back in the day, kids went on missions 19 or older and now they go at 18. So he's yeah. been like a high school senior planning this part mm -hmm. of your mission preparation involves um, doctor's appointments. You have to have a doctor or doctors fill out these mission forms. I assume he's on his parents' health insurance. Mm -hmm. I assume. I mean, he's a minor. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know he's going to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> these forms filled out. Like, I just, I literally, it's so strange. In the interviews, like between scenes of them at the party, Lisa is wearing like a down to the belly button <laughs> open V yeah. top. Right. And she's just like, yeah, my son's mission call. Yeah. Boobs out. Yeah. And you know, God bless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wear whatever you want. But don't be surprised when we're all a little puzzled that you're like, I couldn't be more Mormon if I tried. Right. While, yeah, flashing your tits. <laughs> And maybe this is the whole point. Like, maybe she's just that smart yeah. where she's like, I'm going to bring in some views. People are going to be confused and pissed mm -hmm. off at me. And like, let's go. I'm willing to be that person. Yeah. I mean, she is definitely smart. She has built some kind of magnetic little brand here. And I, I can't figure it out. You know, I'm on the edge of my seat wondering what's going on so it's working yeah. we also need to talk about just the culture around opening a mission call but also like mission farewells and homecomings because mm -hmm. that is yeah. a serious rite of passage for a mormon youth for sure. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were coming up in the church in our era, um, such things like the, the mission call party or the farewell or whatever were like kind of looked down upon in mm -hmm. a way because it was um, 
it was kind of like you're you're just sort of performing your duty or you're yeah you don't deserve to to be celebrated like that right and it's putting the attention where it doesn't need to be a hundred percent go all along that totally happened i in fact there was either like a conference talk or some kind of like letter that was sent out to bishops right around the time i was getting ready to go on a mission mm-hmm. that said we shouldn't do mission farewells anymore so it used to be the mission farewells were like you on a sunday in your ward before you left on your mission you'd give a talk but like everybody you knew would come mm-hmm. and you'd all leave early to like go have a little party you'd have like yeah. lunch and it was this like big event where you as the future missionary were really being celebrated and the Mm -hmm. church was like we got to stop that that's not what this is about like these kids need to be humbled basically Mm -hmm. um so that like came out around the time I was getting ready to leave and um I was a good little rule follower so were mom and dad so we were like okay we're not doing that and um this is where it gets interesting. So when you go on a mission, you're paying your way. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> at the time, I believe the church was asking like 400 or $450 a month that goes into this like collective pot. And then the church pays your like rent and stuff. And you get like, I don't know, I feel like we got like $150 a month for food and supplies. Insane. I mean, it was crazy. We were crazy um so uh we knew that that was gonna be a monthly expense I hadn't been saving up to go on a mission so mom and dad were gonna pay it there was this woman in our ward growing up she was one of my young women leaders we weren't close but she was a young woman leader of mine and like a single sister and she had gone on a mission and some the church had paid her way somehow for some reason um and so she and they had done it under the stipulation like one day you pay it forward so she told me she's like i've been planning to pay it forward and like pay someone else's way on a mission and i think it'd be great to pay for your mission and me and mom and dad were like whoa (laughs) that's super generous and like yeah we'll take it you know and the idea was that I would then do that one day which whatever whatever I was young I wasn't thinking that far ahead so she like made that offer and commitment to us I didn't have a big mission farewell party because I wasn't supposed to I just like gave a talk in church before I left that was just like a regular talk Mm -hmm. and then she found out that she hadn't been invited to that talk, mm-hmm. which wasn't a thing. Like no one was invited. The church had just said, don't invite people. Right. And so she rescinded the offer. Oh, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Like weeks before I left on my mission. Whoa. What? A I don't psycho. know even if she like officially rescinded it, but she just like ghosted and she like didn't do it whoa i've never seen or spoken to this woman again yikes and honestly fine like it would have been kind of weird to have her pay for my mission because yeah yeah, we weren't that close or whatever but 
to like offer and insist on it and then take it back for such a petty reason that's so strange is she was she obsessed with you I don't know I don't know Katie it was weird and like she worked at Costco and mom and dad would see her at Costco for like years after that and they were always like oh she hates us (laughs) like we gotta they would kind of duck so that they wouldn't have to like have run-ins with her yeah for probably a decade that was going yeah 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 wow she rescinded she rescinded (laughs) because i followed the rules how dare you i know listen this is a thing that's coming up for me a lot in my experiences lately and in my pop culture engagement with mormonism People love to talk about how nice Mormons are. What we're not talking about enough (laughs) is how petty they actually are. Oh, yeah. And like defensive and egotistical and kind of the worst. Kind of nasty. Yes. And it's like extra insidious because of this like nice facade. Like, let me pay for your mission. But if you take one step that I don't like, yeah honestly it's a good thing that you that she rescinded yeah. because like who knows what else would have come up yeah yeah, she yeah. Would have expected I... you to yeah what knows? would have been expected when i got back like what would i owe her right yeah no it was for the best mm-hmm. but very jarring like i'm this like kid who's trying to be good and go on a mission and i'm like whoa i've really offended this person oh mom and dad were clearly like mortified if i were your parent i would have taken it to the streets yeah i would have been like what's going on yeah what's i would have been knocking on her door (laughs) yeah do you where's our check right what's the issue oh you didn't get invited to her talk there was no farewell talk it didn't happen no one got invited because the brethren said to stop inviting people are you above that are you above gordon b hinckley didn't think so i know but this is how crazy like mormon cultural like waves are it's like yeah because clearly now it's like party it up like jack barlow even says they email you the weekend before you're gonna get your mission call in the mail so you know what's coming yeah so like you can plan the party right and i was like wow different the pendulum has swung and now it's like party it up man i know i think about like what mission calls used to be like you know it Mm -hmm. used to just be this very private personal thing in my experience like people that i know like maybe it's just regional or something Mm -hmm. but i feel like the people that we kind of came up with and from what i remember it was like they like just sit down with their family you know oh finally we're all together i can finally open it and they open it and then they cry and they call grandma and grandpa yeah you know and that's That's all we did 50 little justin bieber kids (laughs) with the crazy frosted tips sitting on a couch here's the element of it too in the show that keeps coming up heather heather gay has been on a mission um has left the church has written a book called bad mormon 
and finds out that Jack's getting ready to go on a mission and is like, Lisa, how do you feel about this? You know, she sees clearly that Lisa is yeah. pretending to be a kind of Mormon that she actually isn't. And Jack mm-hmm. is about to go out to like boot camp, Mormon boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is gonna be freaking just ripped to shreds by it. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, Oh, how do you feel about this? You know, she's trying to have like a real conversation about it. And Lisa right. like won't talk to her about it, doesn't want her to know, is like offended by her level of interest, thinks she wants to like talk trash about her son. And it's like Heather's concern to me makes so much totally. sense. Yeah. Like every time I find out a kid that I know or care about is going on a mission, I am heartsick. Yes. I am terrified. You know what's about yeah. to unfold. I'm like, this is going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, you come out like so brainwashed mm-hmm. that you don't even know. <laughs> What, right what trauma you've experienced right worst case scenario uh you're never gonna right. get over it no matter what you're gonna be so changed i as a mom like can't even imagine mm-hmm. sending my child my 18 year old child away for two yeah. years i don't know if people understand there's very little contact yeah there's more than there used to be i mm-hmm. is my understanding but when i went but, on my mission we could talk to our families twice a year there were two calls home one was on mother's day one was on christmas we were told mm-hmm. those calls could not be longer i want to say than an hour but honestly i think it was shorter mm-hmm. so we could talk to our families for two hours a year the only other opportunity for contact we had was one day a week we could email home, but we that was also supposed to be very limited. And that was your only day to contact anyone. So friends, family, anyone. And you had like a very limited time to do it. Yeah. You are cut off. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is a very specific little tangent, but um, uh, our grandpa passed away when I was on my mission. I found out in a public library on a computer almost a week later. Mm. That's crazy. Like that's the level of cutoff I was. Mm. Yeah, that's just not right. That would, you know, I, I, I just can't <laughs> imagine being okay with that as a parent. It's, yeah. It blows my mind. And that was, you know, I was like 21. These kids are 18. I know. They're leaving home for and the like, first time. Let's be honest. They're useless to the world. Yeah. They're useless to the world at that point. They are at the beginning of figuring out what they could possibly bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And instead of nurturing that, um and getting to know their new adult self it's see you later cut you off from everything in the whole world there's no mm-hmm. music no nothing blah 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 no school yeah no parents. you can't read books you can't read the right. news you can't you are cut off right it's like let's rewire this child's mm-hmm. brain while we yep. still have a chance mm-hmm. and then 
they can start being a person. Yep. And then you're sent home and told, get married immediately. And they don't even hide that. The reason is so you don't leave. Yeah. You need to get married as fast as you can so you'll stay in the church. You need to have kids as fast as you can so you'll stay in the church because Satan's going to try to pull you away. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just this continuation of like pushing you deeper and deeper in. So it's going to be way harder to get out. Yeah. It's a totally nuts thing to do. Like I, I would love to see the stats on like, especially young men, because like with, with young men, it's like, you have to go basically with mm-hmm. young women. It's a little bit more like, eh, nobody's going to be that bad if you don't go. Sure. But like with young men, it's like men who go versus men who don't go on missions like their membership status 10 years later i mean Mm -hmm. if you if you're able to squeak by without going on your mission i feel like 99 percent of the time you're home free you're like you know what i'm out of here i'm out of here our brother joined the military to get going on a mission like honestly like without telling our parents just one day was like i'm gonna do this because I literally can't fathom the thought of going on a mission, but I don't know how to get out of it any other way. And I think he would agree with that version of the story. Like that is actually what happened. I know. I've never talked to him about it, but yeah, it was like, I literally, not only can I not do what's expected of me, but I can't even begin to unpack it and talk about it. Mm -hmm. So like, see you later. I have to make it like legally impossible. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah i have to like yeah. sign my life away so that i can't that's the level of pressure these guys are under yeah it's in, that's in- interesting too because it, it reminds me of me when i was that age and how i got married to get out mm-hmm. it was kind of a similar thing where i mean i wanted to live with my boyfriend and we had been together a long time by the time we were 20 and you know not an abnormal thing to do to move in with your long time boyfriend when you're in your 20s but for me it wasn't an option unless i wanted to like really create trouble for myself blow up your relationship with your parents right so it was like well let's just get married we don't have to talk about it again sure the bishop can marry us legally we need to have a legal intervention to get out yeah yeah (laughs) oh man yeah the extreme reactions Mm -hmm. just show how much pressure there was um one other element of this that has come up with friends of mine who watch this show when john barlow says to jack you can just come home if you want to um one thing i've talked about with them is no you can't you can't just it's not that easy like, I, I can't remember if I've talked about this much on the podcast or more on our TikTok, but I had a mission companion who begged every day to come home. Mm-hmm. And our mission president was like, it'll ruin your life. I'm not going to do that to you. Would kind of talk her back in. And the next day she would be back on the phone in tears. Like, please, please, please send me home. Mm-hmm. I knew I had a mission companion who every day was like coming up with a new ailment. My back hurts, my foot hurt, my teeth my my teeth hurt my eyes hurt like Mm. what can I do to get out so sad um I knew two sisters who had 
had like physical altercations like one had like clocked the other one neither were sent home though they were begging to be sent home oh my gosh they were just redistributed i mean people were begging to go home and the only times i saw anyone actually make it out was because they confessed to some kind of major sin that they had committed before they came out that they had kept hidden Mm. so like oh actually i was having sex with my girlfriend for like a year and i didn't tell anybody so can i go home please wow like i feel so guilty now can i get out of here and they would yeah you have to really be willing to blow everything up yeah you have to yeah or like i'm having sex with a member here right because Mm -hmm. and i i i'm just trying to self-sabotage this so i can get out of here was what was really going on which not for this episode but some of my best missionary stories are about missionaries i knew who were sleeping with members Mm -hmm. yep more common than you might think sure is um underage underage members yes 100 and then there were the kids who were like i my mental health is so far gone that i won't survive much longer um and i don't know what it would take to convince them that that was the case because i saw a lot of people with poor mental health begging to go who couldn't get find a way out but there was a threshold where they would finally let you go yeah and that was it those were the only people i saw leave that's crazy and it's crazy that you saw so many people trying to leave so many people that alone more than half of my companions were like i gotta get out of here i hate this i'm miserable oh my god and i was like yeah me too but uh, you know that's what being a mormon is yeah it's crazy you were like paying to be trafficked (laughs) for labor right anyway that's what jack barlow's up to and god bless him like no shade to him he's a kid no no no. yeah yeah um i i feel nothing but like concern and hope for jack barlow yeah but i do think lisa's uh, like insistence on pretending that things are different than they really are is uh is irresponsible amen yeah hopefully his like position in the world and his um being on tv and whatnot maybe he'll get a lot of care packages yeah and maybe he'll be the most popular person in columbia sure one other quick theme we want to touch on from this episode there's a lot of discussion about all these women's mormon moms and it just reminded me again of this idea that like all mormons are so nice and all mormon women are so sweet Mm -hmm. and so loving and nurturing but we have like all these Mm -hmm. examples of these mormon moms being neglectful irresponsible like cruel Mm -hmm. honestly including lisa in being so out of touch with her own son but like Heather Gay talks about how her mom kind of drifted away after Heather got divorced. Like she couldn't support her through that. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. just that disappointment, that like 
failure. My, I'm making air quotes saying that she like couldn't see past it, mm-hmm. which is heartbreaking. That's terrible. Um, Whitney talks about how her mom didn't speak to her for 13 years after Whitney left the church. Heartbreaking. <laughs> And then there's Monica, who's the newest cast member of the show, whose mom, Linda, is an absolute villain. Yeah. And um, it seems that her story was she was, like, very traumatized as a child, found Mormonism as this way to, like, rebel slash um, be a part of a community to help Mm -hmm. ease her trauma. And, but while being this mormon and like you know performing a certain kind of goodness and piety was abandoning her child and yeah like leaving monica in a trunk while she made out with a guy i don't know what to say about all of this i just thought it was like an interesting theme emerging in the episode Mm -hmm. and i feel like my takeaway was like yeah religion doesn't automatically make you good no and even just like the appearance of being good doesn't mean anything yes like anything like i feel like so many of this type of person type of mom type of like woman in the church who's like so sweet it's always oh it's the nicest person you've ever met she's an angel and she's so thoughtful and Mm -hmm. um i think that a lot of times these people are i mean they put they put the church above everything they're willing to overlook things like the potential for like danger and trauma in a mission because they just feel like they have to i just don't know as a mom how you could put the blinders up like that to potential dangers to your child or to your family or to your friends or whatever but they Mm -hmm. just go through life with blinders on because they have to Mm -hmm. or they have to you know in air quotes yeah and um and it it creates you know what is an army of really nice sweet people Mm -hmm. um but not really like um self-aware people uh, connected yeah right they're not self-aware they're not connected to their children in a way that they could be if they prioritized them you know yeah over this no institution it's so true there's like a sort of selfishness inherent mm-hmm. in like putting your belief and your need to be like seen as obedient above anything else and i'm not here to say that like mothers can't be selfish mothers need to be entirely selfless and sacrifice themselves for their kids no 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 but i am trying to say don't sacrifice yourself for your religion don't sacrifice your relationships for that like that's not the answer it's an uneven balance of energy Mm -hmm. you're putting because like we've talked about the amount of energy it takes to be a member of the church is Mm -hmm. enormous you know um if you especially if you want to be a really active member and you know run among the the best of them Mm -hmm. Uh, keep up with the joneses i mean you're doing a lot of work it's a lot of labor and i think in a lot of cases all that your kids are seeing is the go 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 and the and the oh my gosh i can't believe you said that you embarrassed Mm -hmm, us mm -hmm. or 
no, don't, don't even think about that. And, yeah. and just all these like redirections and, and it's at like lightning speed throughout your life as a little kid in the church, it feels like, or it felt like, you know, mm-hmm. um, at just at every corner, it's just this, oh, okay. Adjust, 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 adjust. It's so unnatural to be a child in that environment. And these parents have to just be like laying it down all the time. Like, Mm-hmm. You also need to conform as well as I am in order to to keep up my appearance. Yeah, you know, you're and, an extension of them. And then, mm-hmm. and then the kids are are traumatized and neglected. And but the parents, you know, if their kids do a good enough job, they look like they're just great. You yeah. Know? And the church certainly reinforces all of this. I mean, like just in the most recent conference, there was a talk that I saw a lot of like ex-Mormon content creators reacting to where a general authority basically said like children leave the church even adult children leave the church because their parents somehow dropped the ball right like that is Mm -hmm. messaging I saw all the time in the church and that is still being propagated and it's so damaging because yeah it pushes this kind of behavior even more it's like I have to Mm -hmm. control my kids I have to make them perfect little cookie cutter versions of kids not actually who they are that's not what matters (laughs) I need them to fit a mold or I have failed and I was the kid in the family who tried to be the perfect Mormon robot child and what ended up happening was I turned 23 and was like, who the hell am I? What am I doing? Why am I so miserable? <laughs> like what? Yeah, I was just lost. So yeah. the perfect Mormon children don't come out unscathed. I know. I, I remember, you know, growing up hearing things about, oh, like about me and about other kids. There was always these little buzzwords. Oh, she's so conscientious or they're so <laughs> whatever. and like isn't that adorable how they're so concerned about um where they stand and about their sin and about repentance and about all these things isn't that so cute and sweet Mm -hmm. and it's like no they shouldn't be thinking about anything like this ever for a single moment ever yep they're six yeah you're like triggering a memory for me i remember being a little kid and we were at a church activity and some of the little boys were playing like football like throwing a football around and a few of the boys they were like 10 years old maybe 12 took off their shirts and our brother did it and i remember overhearing adults say to mom it's so great how he how modest he is like he's just such a good boy he's so like yeah Mm-hmm. as if like a 10 year old should be thinking like is it appropriate for me to take my shirt off to play this sport um like the self-consciousness required at that age to even think that way mm-hmm. and all these adults interpreting it as a show of like right piety righteousness right even as a little kid i was like that's weird Whoa. this is weird yeah, that is so weird and I was like, why isn't he taking his shirt off? Like, is he okay? 
Yeah. Like I was worried that something, yeah. Was he like shy? Did he feel embarrassed? Like there was no curiosity about it. It was immediately assigned a moral value and like praised as righteousness, but that's not what it was. Right. And that's like, that is exactly the thing. It's the, like, let's say two Mormon moms standing together, watching this completely normal thing unfold where like in a moment of like joy and play, a group of little boys take their shirts off and are playing football. One of them doesn't. The uh, one mom is like, oh, I gotta, I gotta say something. Mm-hmm. I gotta t- somehow turn this into a faith-promoting oh, a experience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's such bullshit. Mm-hmm. it's made up yeah yeah we our brains are powerful we can find what we're l- looking to find in any scenario yeah but if like our goal yeah. is to read righteousness into everything uh instead of to know each other mm-hmm. it like cuts off real connection over and over in all of these tiny little ways but also in huge ways Mm-hmm. I just think the older I get, the more I like see that throughout my life um, from the Mormon adults I was surrounded by. This like lack of connection, this like profound lack of curiosity about who I was. Yes. yes. Um, and this instead like reading onto me of who I needed to be and I feel like that's one of the things that's hard about leaving the church um one of the many things that's hard about leaving the church is like truly shedding that that facade and Mm -hmm. and what you're left with is great and authentic and real but like often underexplored (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it can be like really jarring to be like, I'm an adult. Who am I? Who am I actually? Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult. Yeah. And all these people who've known me in my whole life think I am X, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that's like lonely. Yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> and then on top of it, all the people who are still in the church who are in your life think that you're like lost hmm and then that's their focus right it seems mm-hmm. you know it's not like oh we have this new relationship now because i left the church and so this opens us up to more connection it's like right no 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 just I'm in the just same way that you. everything you did before was read through a lens of like how can i spin this as like a righteous performance or how can I edge it towards righteousness? It's now like everything gets interpreted as a sign of your lostness. Like, oh, you're going through a hard time. Well, you know, yeah, the Lord would bless you for your righteousness. If only you would reconsider. Right. Oh, you're having a great time. Well, you need to be humble. You don't see. Yeah. We'll see how long it lasts. I mean, you know, you, you may be doing well now, but long-term eternally, but I mean, it's every single thing, big and small. Yeah. Getting right. spun out. 
and that's where that's the real thing like that's why it's so hard to hear they're the nicest people ever it's because Mm -hmm. we just know from experience the amount of work that's going on up there Mm -hmm. in order to keep up their their facade and to try to build yours up to uh, meet their idea of you yeah and it just goes on and on it's so they're doing so much work yeah up there and we know what's happening because we were doing it. Yeah. And it was being <laughs> right. done to us. Unspoken right. and spoken. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just know. And then you watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and it's confirmed. It's like, oh yeah. These relationships are super fraught. And Mormonism is this huge foundational reason why. And Mm -hmm. like, somehow I'm seeing my experience reflected back to me in a housewife show. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Unexpectedly. Yeah. Anyway, don't sleep on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, man. They are bringing up some stuff. They're deconstructing before our very eyes. I'm going to be really honest, you guys. I sat down to this episode, hadn't looked at the outline uh i had watched the episode but it took me the whole day and (laughs) you know i got a lot going on anyway i sat down and was like let's see where this goes Mm -hmm. and um yeah it went thanks to you and it was all you katie don't be silly bring us home katie how do we end this I'm holding a pencil as if an object lesson is just going to occur to me <laughs> in this moment. Let's see if I can do this part. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us this week um, t- or today or this time. <laughs> You're nailing um, Go ahead and uh, <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> I can't even say it. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free to hit us up on MSN Messenger, you know. <laughs> Circa 2004. Right, we're available. Um, But for real, you know, we're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. I don't really know if we're anywhere else, really. Not really. Um, but we're everywhere at Please Bless Pod. And, and please send us emails at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Literally, let's just chat. Talk to us about yeah. anything. We're open. We'll we'll frame a whole episode around you. Um, <laughs> and just like whatever you want us to talk about. Or at least we'll try. Yeah. Uh, unless we don't want to. we have gotten multiple requests to do episodes about mormon romance novels after our episode about mormon ya novels love that Mm. keep the ideas rolling in we want them yeah 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 we're we're uh we're just two gals always looking for an excuse to talk alisa won't stop calling me (laughs) oh my god this is just basically my whole day every day is just perpetual yeah. podcast i call katie and i'm like so. norman moms are so mean <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like okay let me sit down <laughs> um 
uh we appreciate you guys um go ahead and leave us a review if you are enjoying what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and if you aren't then just mosey along if you aren't enjoying what you're hearing and you're still listening you are straight up crazy yeah and i'm I'm kind of curious like maybe send us an email what's up how you doing are you okay what are you looking for that you're not getting like let's let's have a chat right because i feel like we're pretty consistent like if you're not into this and you're listening like that's your own fault (laughs) oh youtube is a good place for us (laughs) so go there (laughs) yep um please bless this podcast is on youtube it's a great way to um uh to take in our content you can put us up you can you can you can you can smart cast us onto your tv and watch while you are going to bed at night (laughs) and just like have a little laugh and um just fall asleep to our little mutterings and rantings i think that sounds kind of dying at this like 10 minute outro you're doing katie yeah this there there's a reason why i don't do this i i'm i'm just being conversational please anyway um please bless jack barlow Mm. yes elder barlow and um anybody else who needs a bless if you need a bless you got it then go ahead and take this one it's for you (laughs) and most of all please bless this podcast amen Hey, you said my line. I know.